Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Treehouse, episode 24, Titus Grown, with Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Titus Grown is a, a very slim conceit. I don't okay. often explain why the shows are called it, because there's really no reason. But uh, there were a, a, a progressive rock band in about 1973, mm-hmm. and they had an album out on Dawn, which will now set you back about £400 if you have a <laughs> copy of it. They, they weren't very good, but Titus Grown, as a character, is from Gormenghast. Ah, ah, there you are. That's, okay. that, that appeals oh, more. that's where I would recognise it from, yes. <laughs> very, very good morning to everybody. Here we go again, with another two hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity, which I can't claim just before we came on the air I, I was, 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 was the truth of it. Potty uh, mouth. Well, it, 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 that was for the other podcast, the Gary Lineker <laughs> one, which the full unexpurgated version. You were giving us a preview. I'll give me a preview. But that lets we all look up, not down over here. Uh, and as, as usual, before we get into the... Um, <laughs> this table is abs- You should get a picture of this table. It is yes. absolutely full of emails, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, possibly victims of our own success, he said. No, Tempting it's so fate. hard But anyway, we are. there's plenty here, and uh, all subjects remain open. But as usual, I've, I've dug around and tried to find, um, you know, other things that perhaps are not celebrated elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's all right saying, you know, Prince's Raspberry Beret was released today. I don't know if it was. I'm just using that as a for instance. Uh, 1911, the first car alarm. And the first car alarm, you have a look at, I think, on any source you want to go to, was invented in 1911 by a prisoner in a Denver prison, but not recorded who did it. He came up with a way for these oh. new automobiles to protect themselves, and he came up with the car alarm. Uh, and the which, prison governor went, I'll have that. Uh, Everything it, in here belongs to me. It, it probably is. Yeah. I mean, he may have been a wretch. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have been anything from an embezzler to a murderer. We don't know that. And so why should we shine light on him? Is that's what he's in there for, to be a better person. And he brings the world the car alarm and thus got his revenge on the world. <laughs> because Well, who better than to work it out than that perhaps he was in there for stealing cars? 
there and he was thinking that, of a I way of preventing people like himself. In 1911, there were only seven cars in the world. Surely <laughs> one could secure those. You could secure a car in 1911. Because, well, what was his because alarm, if the police see someone in a car, that'll be it, <laughs> the one that's been nicked. Uh, but the car alarm has since been... Um, uh, I didn't know that. They don't come as standard anymore. What? I know this sounds as dull as you can get, but this, you're not going to get this off of your top gear. They don't, because they became useless. Because everyone ignores them. Because everybody ignores a car alarm. Every And, and, and why wouldn't you? Uh, th- there is, without being one of those, you know, tremendous observational comedians, uh, there is, of course, an absolute uh, corollary between you thinking, is that my alarm? Oh, yeah. Deciding, I'll better go up and see if that's my alarm, and the moment you open the front door and it goes off, <laughs> and, you're, and your neighbour's there looking at you as well. Me, you, him over there, was it? Don't know. No, it's uh, the car that's whizzing off down the road. No, it's just one of the cars in the street. And, and then you go back, sit down again, and... Weep, 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 weep. Is that mine? I can't be bothered to get it and do it. I'll do it once more. Open the front door, and it stops. It's a tremendous <laughs> game uh, that our prisoner uh, gave us. Anyway, the, the first car alarm, and uh, uh, it took many, many years before even thunder would set them off. And that's why they became... Because thunder sets, sets off car alarms. Uh, by the way, uh, and this is nothing to do with thunder and car alarms. I can't think what would, to be absolutely honest. Uh, but I was talking about taste buds. Because mm. I don't know if I've got it. Well, I've got some. No, when I, when I, had, oh, the, yeah, yeah, when okay. I had the cancer of the head... It tends to uh, uh, eradicate. They said that. It's going to get rid of all, amongst the many other, <laughs> during the treatment. Uh, it gets rid of all, of all, if you don't mind, all of your uh, taste buds. You can't, okay. Not, not that you can have anything by mouth anyway. I didn't, didn't even have yeah. a sip of water for like six, seven months. Uh, but I don't know whether I can taste anything anymore. Huh? Or whether it's sense memory. I mean that. Oh. I mean, I've got... They, I may have a, a fraction of what I used to have. And so I taste, you know, a piece of bolognese. Mm-mm. That's just because there's some taste there. Uh, and I looked up taste buds, mm. right, and we got, like, um, 10,000 of them. Roughly 10,000 taste buds. So I've you... got about... I've got about... Three or four hundred. I was going to say something you've got like a, that. A I think. Number of them I think. Left. I may have a few more. Do you know if you've got sweet but, ones or savoury ones left, or a mixture? I think. Isn't is it the front of your tongue that's, that's sweet and the back is? Yeah, I think. So, mm, yeah. Mm, well, that, that, that's neither here nor there because I found in my research, chickens only have twenty. Just turn around on a chickens, bit of green. Chickens have 20 taste buds, that's all, uh, and uh, they make do with that. And Yes, exactly. Uh, rather like a parrot's tongue. I think a chicken's tongue is quite like that. I don't know. Uh, your dog has a 1,500. Oh, OK. Your cat, 400. Oh. The cat's going cat's to... Like is that why cats don't eat as much rubbish as dogs will? Dogs will give anything. A Dogs go. will give, well, that's the thing. What's the point of having fifteen? Go, mm-hmm. What's the point of having fifteen hundred taste buds? When I come down and you, know, you can find bear licking the inside of a day-old ready meal, <laughs> the packaging from that with his fifteen hundred taste buds. Uh, but cats cannot taste anything sweet. They have no sweet taste buds Ooh. at all. You can off, offer them some lemon sorbet, a cat, and they simply won't. It won't. It won't happen for them. Never it will taste that. like Never ice water. And so they don't have them. And here's why nature is so extraordinary. A catfish has 100,000 taste buds. What's the point of that? What is the point of that? A catfish. How often does a catfish get a chance to... Even a minuscule fraction of its 100,000 taste buds. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. They'll just knock me. I'm getting a bit of kelp. (laughs) 
with um, again. I know, but that you catch seaweed and um, you catfish <laughs> one hundred thousand. Oh, anyway, well, that just seems unfair. And 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 the other thing that happened this day, we got kind of bogged down in taste buds. We do start the show; it gets going. That's why there's this backlog of emails. It does get going though. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the first gift ever in a, in a packet of cereal, which I don't think they do anymore. I don't think that's, um, I don't think that happens anymore. No, uh, you occasionally get like a sort of a playing cardy sort of playing thing. Playing card thing. Yeah, not 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 even, not even Christmas crap. No, I'm standard. trying to think. Wilbur doesn't. Well, they're trying to avoid. Now it's the whole healthy eating thing. They're trying to avoid associating this is a drag. With kids the, the, the drag and all of that. You hear about the Iron Age, right? That's why this sugar puffs aren't called sugar puffs anymore. It's the drag age. I know. Jeremy the Bear, I saw him the other week in Stringfellas. He's broken. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so the, the, the first thing in, in ni- 1891. Oh, gosh. Uh, and, and it was Quaker Oats, mm. of which more later. And it was a, a China cup or a China saucer or a bowl or a plate. They gave away China. And it continued until 1970 in America. Well, we used to, China. I, my oh. mum and dad still have, which we it kind of come in a cereal packet. We must have collected up tokens. We only got enough tokens to get one Rumble Tums bowl. <laughs> Three children, one Rumble Tums bowl. Imagine the fights that were had over who was... I mean, I think Mum used it as a secret way of getting one of us what? down. If you get down early, you'll get the Rumble Tums bowl. That's, that's it's clever. It's just a bit of K Kellogg no. with a little bubble of was it a, tummy. Was it a bowl or a porringer? Oh. 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 You know, you know the, the, the proper term is a porringer. For what? For a baby's bowl. Oh, it's a porridge. Oh, no, it's like a proper cereal. Oh, OK. Well, it's still in my mum's started in 1890. And the only other thing I want to bring to you, and I promise the show, it's already long. We're already over. Uh, uh, Judge James Harvey Logan. James Harvey Logan, Mm -hmm. born today. In 1883, James Harvey Logan, who uh, not not only was a justice of the peace and and a good one, as far as we can make out, uh, but uh, in his back garden once, he planted his blackberries too close to his raspberries and created the Loganberry. Oh! Just James Harvey Logan. Oh, now that is a thing. You know, you can do that. I, and I don't often get angry. No, no, not really. You know, I'm a survivor. Uh, But uh, uh, they can make a tree that gives at least five different types of fruit if they wanted to. It would have on it apricots and apples. Oh, and come off it. Honestly, they can do that. No. I, I, a long time ago on Five Live uh, on you a Saturday morning. You something no, weird. No, no, and, and I said this, and then That's some... That's like Blyton. Horticulturist, exactly, exactly what I said. Uh, and some horticulturist, I said, yeah, you can, but they'd be kind of weak because they'd all take different... I said, I don't care how weak they are. <laughs> I don't care how weak they are. You'd shake that tree and there's breakfast for a week. You can get on it, you can get your plums on it, uh, apples and oranges on the same tree, and yet we don't do it. What do we need a high-speed line up to Glasgow for? <laughs> you can get a tree, you can shake it, and down comes a, a ready-made fruit bowl. Uh, anyway, so, um, apologies, everybody. I said I wouldn't get angry, and, and I just did that. Let's have a palate cleanser. Uh, the last bone in your body to stop growing... Your collarbone. Isn't that horrible? Oh. <laughs> I know, exactly. Exactly. When does it stop? It doesn't ever stop. 
No, I don't. In the end, they come up like uh, ram's antlers. They will. Some people literally can't see around their collarbones. Uh, that that uh, may need checking, but it's quite true. The collarbone is the last one to. St- anyway, perhaps why are you dragging me in for this redundant talk of collarbones and Titus groan? Uh, what have we got over there? What are uh, we doing today, by the way? Oh yes, sorry. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> no. Number one. People who hate you irrationally. Number two, this tastes funny. Number three, the world's worst secret keeper. And number four, what have you been chased by? My, uh, my uh, Wendy's sister, Angie's the world's worst secret keeper, and her daughter, Natalie, to be fair, Nat. <laughs> can't bear it. You've got to tell people they've got them for Christmas or what they know they've got. <laughs> they just can't help it. Don't, don't want to tell you what you've got for Christmas, you know, but don't buy any dressing gowns. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ange. No, I'm not, I'm just saying, don't buy any dressing gowns. Thanks, Ange. Uh, every single <laughs> anyone who knows a worse secret keeper than mine, sister-in-law Angie, please let us know. Uh, what's your there, Peps? This is from Steve in Minnesota. This is about hey, locked Steve. in. Well done. My first year of real school, I would have been around four and a half, and we lived about half a mile from the school. So Mum would duly drop me off out the front, and I see him chat to the other mums. At this point, I would walk in the front of the school, out the back, up the alley, across the park, wait for an adult at the main road. <laughs> Once they were found and honourably escorted me across the road, I skipped two streets home and. Was sat on the doorstep waiting for mum. <laughs> she would arrive home, see me sitting there and, and take me straight back to school. This happened four or five times early in my school career. So a solution was sought. From there on, for my first year of school, I was taken to school by mum, handed over to a teacher and placed in the classroom cupboard. No! <laughs> what? What? I don't have any classroom cupboard. I don't have any negative memories or scary thoughts from this dark confinement. I feel like it was more of a cool hand Luke acceptance of being caught than trying to work out how further to beat the system. I settled down for a good while, but I can tell you another time of my dad chasing me across the next town while skiving, aged fifteen. Right back in a cupboard. It's See, I dark confinement. Didn't even have a light on. I, I sometimes think that might be soothing. I know the immediate thing is to say, you know, it means, oh, it's like in a bridge on the river. Like Kauai, sensory deprivation. They're, they're put in the sweat box. Uh, but uh, I sometimes, if you, and I don't say this just to be pixie-ish. Have you ever just, just put yourself in a cupboard or a wardrobe? I used to sit in the bottom of our wardrobe. Oh, well, doing hide-and-seek and things. No, no, just to, just as a contemplative escape from the world. My sister's wardrobe uh, in her bedroom. I often used to sit in the bottom of that because it, it was very deep. Mm. And, hey, you tease you ain't in the wardrobe again. I was looking for Narnia, of course. Oh, yes. Initially. Uh, but uh, so... My mum and dad's um, bedroom wardrobes are built into the eaves. So Beautiful. you can actually properly get in them. We used to offer and be found to the extent dad had to put a light in there in the end because we were always in there see if murderers still now had, given it that would be quite a nice place murderers hadn't you know queered the reputation of crawl spaces in America I've always always been fascinating there those crawl spaces under houses in oh, America no? oh I can tell you what 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 so my in-laws had an issue with mice hang on Phil, Phil's coming in to take away this two foot pile of emails <laughs> next time then eh? <laughs> go on sorry so they're built on a slight incline yeah so they had a problem with mice under the house. They could hear them all scrabbling in the crawl space. Mm. So my husband, when he was about 13 or 14, was sent under the house to, to get the mice and put down traps. But he'd, 
So he was dressed head to toe, you know, sh- joggers tucked into his socks. I think he had a hockey mask. Well, uh, no. <laughs> Sent in. And the hobo sleeping under the house has a heart attack as he enters. Oh, no. Oh, it, oh. So as he crawls in, it's quite a decent space at the back of the house, but as he gets to the front of the house, he's literally sort of commando crawling. Yeah. And then he discovered that when the house was built, the netting had been put under the floorboards. Oh. So hanging were dead mice. Oh. oh. <laughs> they sent a 12, 13-year-old boy in. The they could hear him. He was banging on the floor every once in a while to let them know where the he was. The smell must have been appalling <laughs> from the 13-year-old boy. He still shudders when he tells the story. Oh, wow. Oh, don't was talk this, to me about crawl spaces. There was this trapeze of... of mm. Suspended dead rodent mice. cadavers. <laughs> wow! Oh, there you go. See, the emails have got to live up to this stuff. That's the tr- and, they, and they really, really do. Which uh, maybe it. We, I do apologise, everybody, but that, that's that's worth it. If ever, um, also, uh, an animal or indeed a toddler has made a bid for freedom on the. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'd love to hear about yes. that. A bid for freedom. This is from uh, our friend Simon. No, oh, great. Apropos of nothing, <laughs> knock myself out. We've got about 70 subjects, but apropos of nothing. This morning, I travelled over half of my commute to south, uh, from south to north London before realising I had a single green foam nighttime earplug in my left ear, and I'm 46. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> First thing he did when he got into work. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll I know we'll appreciate I'll, this. I'll, I'll, I'll let the treehouse do this. Um, and this is from uh, uh, I can't see who's from Keith. On the subject of places you have sat, notable places you have sat. Someone's paying attention, thank God. Some years ago, I had a good friend I had a job working for the Department of Mathematics and Theoretical Physics at Cambridge University. Ooh. See, now we're bespoke. Now we're bespoke. Getting the audience we deserve now. Visiting, visiting one weekend, my friend said that since he had to go into work on an errand, would I like to join him for a nose around the Department of Mathematics and Theoretical Physics at Cambridge? Well, we tagged along anyway and photographed our young children posing with a piece of chalk in front of some utterly incomprehensible equations that were written on various blackboards. A few minutes later, we had to scream out in horror when my friend's son was about to take a huge blackboard rubber to one of these equations. (laughs) We hurriedly pointed out it probably represented ten years of hard work. Then before we left, all in in this otherwise empty building, my friend said, do you want to see something? Mm. What? Do you want to see something? Do you want to see something in the Department of Mathematics and Theoretical Physics at Cambridge University? Yes, we did. Follow me. We went down to the basement. In conspiratorial fashion, he beckoned us over to a corner. Go on. Sit there if you want. And there, we all took turns, sitting in and being photographed in Stephen Hawking's spare wheelchair. Which is downstairs. Yes, it is. My friend has moved on to another job shortly after. And, of course, the great Professor Hawking has sadly passed away. But I can say that I've planted my rear end where only the greatest buttocks have been before. Thank you very much indeed, Keith. Superb. I, I don't say it, but you'd have to try and turn it on and see... If, you know, I mean, I can't tell that story again, but you know... No. No, no, but that's a great story. It's a terrific it's a, story. It's, a ter- it's Rob Brydon's story. So, you know, if you've got, I'll tell that another week when things are slow, <laughs> so I'll never tell it then. Uh, but how about that? You would sit in it, wouldn't you? Of course you, you would. I've sat on um, that uh, wooden throne in um, 
Har- in, in Westminster Abbey in London. Is it the... Uh... Do they let you? No, they don't. The Coronation Throne? Not the, the Coronation one? Throne. There's another one that's even older. It's the original one. Uh, it, it, on eBay, it goes for fortunes. It's the original first press of, uh, <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a, a coronation chair. It's in there, but it's wooden, and it's all got um, guardrails around it. Don't sit here. You know, last last rear end on there was probably uh, Edward the Confessor. I don't know. But I was filming there once, and one of the security fellas um, said, do you want to sit on that? Yes. I know, I know. So technically, I am the king across the water. <laughs> uh, what you got there, Pep? Uh, we got Justin on the line. Hey, Justin. Oh, hello. Thank you for being there, Justin. Uh, well, welcome aboard the treehouse, my friend. I know it's absurd, isn't it? This is absurd. But, oh, but there oh, is... It's a real privilege. Oh, please, please. You know, we're, we're, Honestly, we've got chainmail nets outside dragging in anyone who can give us a live voice. What are you, what are you tugging our coat for, Justin? Oh, well, I'm finding about last... You mentioned Shakers and Quakers. Yes, I did, and, and uh, I mentioned to phone up with a story. Well, yeah. Justin, before you mentioned uh, earlier on, uh, 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 today is the day in 1891 where Quaker Oats put uh, a free prize in their cereal, and that was the very first time anyone had done it. And I didn't add for Justin talks. Um, Quaker Oats have nothing to do with the Quakers. Nothing. Oh, I thought it sprung it's from a the picture church. of one on the front. Isn't yes, it? there is. His name's Larry. It really is. <laughs> and they've, sli- <laughs> yeah. they, they've slimmed him down. Justin, he used to be a big jolly fat fella like myself. Uh, but if you look at him now, they've given him a little, they've given him cheekbones and everything. For the health properties of porridge. But yeah, there is. But yeah. he's a Quaker with one of those hats on. He's hardly. But anyway, yeah. so um, yeah. what, what can you tell us about yeah. the, the great Quakers? Well, nothing to do. You're right. Nothing to do with Quakers because I am indeed one of those one of those Quakers and yeah. uh, yeah. you know, round trees, that sort of thing. They're all Quakers, but not the oats. That, that, that... Okay, my my, my story was um, mm. you mentioned Shakers and Quakers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think both, both of them. So as, yeah, so as a as a Quaker, I once had to try and sell the cheapest house in Cambridge, and it was a, a right mess, and it had a really bad kitchen. So hey, I just thought before, I you, before, get... before you continue, Judge, you're a Quaker yourself, yeah? yeah? Well, I'd, I'd, yeah. Get on, I'd get on to Nabisco, who, or whoever owns Quakers these days, and say to them, oi, 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 not so fast. Oh, I think, I, I think they've had a few run-ins in the past. There was one where I think they used Popeye to advertise the oats. Did they? And I think his Quakers tend to be a bit kind yeah. of pacifist. Yeah, but, well, Popeye himself was, unless he was provoked, and it was only spinach that inflamed him, even then. <laughs> uh, so, I, 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 yeah, so no further questions, your witness. So, hang so, on. So, uh, let's establish. Are you an estate George agent? Uh, you, you're an estate agent, are you? No, I'm not an estate agent. I, went to, I just had the cheapest house in Cambridge, so I was trying to sell it. Ah. And they needed right. a new kitchen. So, I went to one of those, uh, well, it's kind of our business, and I bought a flat pack shaker kitchen because I thought that would look a bit classy. But, you're a Quaker. But, um, the shaker kitchen. Kitchen. Yeah, I'm a Quaker, so I tried to make a shaker kitchen, but um, <laughs> I'm useless to DIY, so the whole thing was a complete mess. Mm-hmm. It's all a bit shaky oh. and stuff. So I just um, got the estate agent to say that it was a Quaker kitchen, and anybody who asked, I said, well, <laughs> it's, been, it's a bit more exclusive than the shaker they're, they're, they're not, they're not, They're not quite as robust, but they're more honest. That's, that's a yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. It's original. Yeah, just yeah. sell it, but... You know, it probably wasn't mm. on the strength of my DIY. Yeah, but oh, yeah, well, it, it, when you've done your call, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a DIY story as soon as you've finished. So there it is. You've installed <laughs> this Shaker Stroke Quaker kitchen. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, and uh, and it did it did work. It did sell, uh, but uh, yeah. I doubt it's still standing. And it, so it, it, it never got took up the well, the shaky Quaker <laughs> shaky Quaker kitchen. Knee <laughs> Shaker kitchen. What what do, what do yeah. you actually do? Sorry? What do you actually do for a living? 
what do I do? Yeah. Well, funny enough, I'm in, in Cambridge, and I um, I don't study theoretical maths, but yeah. I study religion. So, oh. Uh, oh, shakers and a whole bunch of other. Have you, you know, sat in Stephen kind of Hawking's spare uh, <laughs> You know, there's quite a lot of laughs in religion. So oh, 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 huge! <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. And, and, and how did you arrive at Quakerism? Uh, oh, what? Personally, yeah. oh, oh no, that's not a very funny story. That's it doesn't matter. Funny. Listen, listen, it's, it's of a piece with the rest of the show. Uh, uh, but uh, but do you, you searched through various before you arrived at Quakerism, did you? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a bit, no. bit, 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 bit yeah, and, and, a bit. And, and what about yeah, the Mennonites? What do we think about those? Cause, uh, you know, oh, I, oh, I, funny you should say that because ah. I actually studied at a Mennonite college. So I did go to the Canada and spent time with Mennonites and Amish and things like that. Did see them? Yeah. The Mennonites have long. I can tell you. I can tell you, I can tell you an Amish joke if you want. Oh, oh man, alive. No. One, one second. This is very specialised. Uh, uh, no, uh, yes, <laughs> it is very specialised. And I'll give you the proper music. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our friend Justin from Cambridge, the uh, Amish comedian. I'll bring you on stage here. Please, a big welcome, please. Here he comes. Come on, if you're a good sport. Here he comes. OK, ladies and I've gentlemen. I've got to warn you, it might not work if you're not Amish. But anyway, <laughs> I don't, there's, there's a percentage of our audience rubbing their hands together right now. <laughs> Off we go, Justin. What goes clip-clop, clip-clop, silence? I don't know what goes clip-clop, clip-clop, silence. A, dri- a drive-by shunning. <laughs> that is a no. great joke! <laughs> That is a terrific joke. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, Justin. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Clip, clop, clip, clop. A a drive-by shunning. Bravo, my friend. Oh, I I, I can tell you this, and this is obviously very much a support act to your joke, Uh, but before we came on the air, uh, a friend of Phil, who uh, produces the show, Phil Wilding, said... Sakers is a Quaker Bakers in North London. There is a Quaker Baker called Sakers in North London. But, ladies and gentlemen, once again, for the great Justin and his terrific... Oh. Thank you very, very pla- thank you, We'll mate. consult pla- you on anything religious future. Pleasure. Henceforth. Absolute pleasure to have with you. Uh, that was, wasn't that something? A drive-by shunning. make Justin a sap? I, oh, yes. Make Justin, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. He, uh, Justin is our... Uh, our uh, uh, is it brothers? They are brothers, aren't they, the Quakers? Mm. I don't know what the hierarchy fellows. is. Fellows? Yes, it is. Fellows. Yes, he's, he's a fellow sap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a great joke that was. I do apologise. I've got to take this music to be too dim there. All right. Give us a second. <laughs> Such a great joke. I'm, I'm, I've half a mind to cut that out of the show <laughs> and use it and then originate it on Twitter. And then, and then people go, oh, Baker's back. He's got that. That's a great joke. So I may have to kill everybody in this room. Uh, give us something over there. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Brian. Animals trying to get in or out. Mm-hmm. My wife and I's first dog as a couple was a Samoyed oh. called Elric. They're the big fluffy ones, aren't they? What was they? the name of the... Um... Uh, uh, it's three children in it. Was that Samoyed as well, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Samoyed. Samoyed. Was a, well, it's, yeah. a, it's a phonetic. It's a Samoyed. They're like they're big, uh, fluffy, husky type dogs, Samoyed. With the purple tongue. Oh, I don't know. Oh, have you seen a husky's tongue? Haven't you ever seen a husky's tongue? No, there's tongue? a man down my road who has two huskies that he walks. I haven't looked at his have have a tongue. Look, do, um, before we, three greatest tongues in nature. And I'll, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll broach no. Um, <laughs> number one, number one, the tortoise. 
uh, tortoises tongues are just like little tiny human ones and they're very 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 pink they, but they look exactly the same as ours if you, have a, if you have, go online and have a look at a tortoise eating its tongue it's a miniature version of ours and it's okay. so brilliant number two is the huskies with its very very deep purple uh, Ooh, okay. uh, tongue I think the band took their name from it and, and the third one is the giraffes did you know a giraffe's tongue goes all the way down its neck oh <gasps> no yeah it goes all well I presume let me put it another way I presume uh, 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 a giraffe's tongue goes all the way down its neck oh we don't know this well, I'll, let me ask you something here I don't want the chapel music in and I want this if a giraffe's tongue doesn't go all the way down its neck mm. it, I promise we'll get to that but you think about your own tongue now, right? Mm-hmm. When it disappears over the at the back of your mouth, where does it go and what is it attached to? What is your tongue attached? Once it disappears over the horizon at the back of the mouth, what? Where does your tongue go, and how is it attached? I'm trying to think of my Osborne guide to the body that I had as a child or whatever it was well, called. No, all about us. People say it does. It, as you know, when you're trying to make I yourself... It, it disappears. Stuck to the... What do you mean? Flat? You should know better than anyone. I, I've, 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 X-rays I, are plenty I, I, of the inside of your noggin. Well, I... Th- and I'm not... I thought I saw it tied to my ribcage <laughs> in a double knot. I, I, I literally don't know where it goes. It goes down there, but then... It just where does, blends I mean, in round here. What do you mean it, bl- it blends throat. in? Yes, it blends in, but it disappears down the back of the throat, and I've no idea where it goes or how it fans out or pans out, because your lungs are there, unless it hangs between them like That's a bell, okay. like a bell rope in a belfry, and it just you can actually pull it and your tongue will go dong. But um, uh, if any doctors are listening, could, could you please let us know where your tongue goes when it disappears over the horizon? Uh, what you got there, Peps? What so, Samoyed Elric, dog. I used to take him out late evening for a constitutional. It was never at a set time, but he always knew when we were going. And even an unspoken nod between us would result in a bark from the kitchen and Elric appearing ready. <laughs> Our joke was he was psychic. Little did we know. One winter evening, we went through the process and suited and booted and lead attached to Elric. I opened the front door, ready to step outside, but confronted by a proper old-fashioned pea super. Oh. I could have cut the door shape out of the fog. <laughs> I considered not going, but Elric wanted out. I need a torch, I thought, but didn't say. And now I... Sorry, Babs, I do apologise. It's it's too fruity, isn't it? I need a torch, I thought. Didn't say it, I thought. Though I'd never once taken a torch out before and duly closed the door to search for it. This did not go down well with the dog, who did the jumping up and down on the spot and barking thing. As I rummaged through a sideboard looking for a torch, the barking increased and mindful of grumpy neighbours who complained about everything, I rounded on the dog and exclaimed, when I find the torch, we'll go out, so shut up. <laughs> Turned my back on him. To my surprise, silence prevailed, and I continued the search for the next minute or two in vain. After a couple of minutes, I heard the dog descending the stairs. This <laughs> is brackets. An unmistakable sound, like someone throwing a bag of spuds from the top step. <laughs> And he padded through the lounge up to where I stood with something in his mouth. He dropped the very torch I was looking for at my feet, no. turned his back on me, went to the back, to back to the front door and resumed his barking with enthusiasm. I was gobsmacked. One, he knew what I wanted. T, two, he knew where it was. Three, he knew if he went and got it, he would get his walk. It was henceforth known as the Psychic Samoyed. That is an extraordinary story. I mean, as I said, I thought it would just be some goofy tale of... But that... 
When I find the torch, you can go out. Oh, all right, then. All right, I know exactly I know where, where that is. is. Man. Come on, what, what else he knows what's, where everything is in the house? Well, it's, 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 send us a photo of that, that, that dog. He'll be some kind of a, a touchstone for us. This is, um... It's very hard following that. That's, a, that's actually knocked me sideways, isn't it? <laughs> no, it has. It's a terrific story. Uh, see, I, our dogs are not very bright. And I know indoors you're listening now and you say, oh, don't always say they're... They are. They're just they not... They can hear you. Yeah, they, they, no, they can't. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> Honestly, they However, I will say that, that most people's dogs have that sense of going out, which I know isn't a great revelation, but they, uh, we do say to them, how do you know? How do you know? <laughs> Because sometimes I will tiptoe towards the bag that has their harnesses and coats and things in, and as I'm tiptoeing towards it, they will turn up. How do they know that? Mind you, none of them's ever going to got a, a, a torch for us. Let's find something. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's try this. All two for the price of one. Cramp and a quack remedy. We did oh, some nice. six weeks okay. ago. A quack remedy. Some fill. Uh, listening to uh, the podcast here, you're discussing cramp, and as a separate topic, quack remedies. My mum suffers from nighttime cramps, and what well, she used to, because she now puts a bag of wine corks at the other end of her bed and claims she no longer gets cramp. Uh, keep up the show and stuff. Now, the uh, reason I tell this, uh, which again, you, you have something involved. Exactly. Court. I just want to say here that this is a long-held uh, belief on all the shows I've ever done, because I've received a bad. Oh, disrespect to Phil here, uh, ten years ago, saying if you put wine corks between your toes, you can't get cramp. Uh, so and we did a, a clinical test on it, and it's absolutely true, and nobody knows why that is. His mum's not even bothering putting no, them between her toes. but this is advancing the series. Just it's in the vicinity. Well, if that's true, then I should never have got cramp in my life because our house <laughs> sometimes has a few corks around. Uh, but um, this, this, we busted the lid off various last mm-hmm. taboos. Um, uh, cramp, which we did with that. Uh, another one was... Chillblains. Uh, Chillblains, absolutely chillblains. And the third one, which I uh, will um, roll out in the summer, I think, is splinters. People don't discuss splinters. I want to reach out to anyone who gets a splinter. You don't get it anymore. And it's I just no one does anything well, woodworking. No, you, you, you don't have to have that. Getting a splinter is... Forget it. Forget it. Because teeth aren't what they used to be. You used to have to... Uh, and, I don't know if you've seen that thing that's going around the internet of the snake that swallowed a... Uh, oh, the beach towel. The beach towel. It's very satisfying to see the mm. beach towel come out of the snake. But nothing is more satisfying than when you do get a full splinter, a yard and a half <laughs> of timber comes out the top of your finger. That's a beautiful... I don't think there are any splinter stories to be told, but if anyone's got them out there... Oh, well, Wilbur managed it, of course, last year. Did he? Oh, well, he had one that went down the bed, between the bed of his nail and the nail. Yeah, yeah, you can see those. And he had it for about two months, and we went to the hospital, and he it didn't bother him in didn't the it? slightest. We don't even know when it happened. I just looked at his nail, and I thought, what's that stripe? And then we f- gradually worked out it was a splinter, and we took him to the hospital, and they looked at it and went, is he bothered? I went, no, and they were like, oh, I don't know what else to do with that then. And just have to leave well, it until it grew out. I can't leave even uh, if I... Again, nothing worse. And this is why I'm raising say, awareness. when it got but halfway up the nail and half. I was able to get a bit of purchase... That's because you and I are both from old lumberjack stock and it speaks <laughs> to our debts. Uh, here's a surprise. Here's an advert. Also from something else. Mel Gedroich is... Quilting. Listen to Mel and good friend Andy Bush as they learn a great new skill and tell some brilliant stories, all whilst having some good, wholesome fun. 
in a nutshell, I took a pair of scissors and I went into my husband's wardrobe. Now, this comes from a shirt that I bought him that I know he doesn't like. So I'm testing him by... Uh, uh, this is brilliant. Yeah, by finding out when he discovers Amazing. that the shirt has got a big patch out of the back of it. Wow, and which area of the shirt is this taken from? Bottom right. OK. <laughs> Listen now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all good podcast apps. Well, we're back, mm-hmm. and you can't stay, you know, nothing, the, the, the nonsense has been full on today. You, you can't complain if we ended the show now. Uh, well, <laughs> Mark not... might complain because he's sitting patiently <laughs> waiting for us to speak to him. <laughs> hey there, Mark. Hello, Danny. How are you, mate? Well, good as gold, Mark. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak to us here at the Treehouse. Uh, what have you got for us, Mark? Uh, which is a story related to an old mate of mine. He's, he's actually been best mate. We've been mates nearly 40 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's something I've been meaning to, to write him with for, for years and years and years. Oh, thank uh, you. He, he's always said, don't, don't tell anyone this. Uh-huh. <laughs> the other week, I was having a few beers with him. Uh-huh. And he, I actually said to him that you were back on air with a treehouse. And he said, look, why don't you ring, ring into Danny and tell him about my story? So he, he, he's given me the green light. Uh-huh. So I thought I'd just let you know what happened to uh, what, him. What, 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 what umbrella did this come under if, if it comes under well, any of our umbrellas? It, it, Sort of went under a good deed goes badly wrong. Okay. I seem to remember you doing something like this. Yes, we certainly have, yeah. No good deed goes unpunished. All right, my friend, off you go. So um, it it dates back to the early 80s in Watford, so it's a good few years ago. And my mate was sort of branded as the sort of mechanic among the... He, 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 was, he was called a coppersmith at work. He worked at Scammels, and he was putting the brake pipes on Scammel lorries and whatever. Oh. So he, he was sort of elevated, and his brother was a mechanic. So you know, you know, uh, you, you know uh, they turn up in the end of his reasons to be cheerful. Absolutely. Uh, Dominic a camel, eighteen uh, wheeler scammels. Dominic ah, a camel. Yes, he said. Uh, scammel gets a mention there. Well, mm-hmm. well, that's where we're at. We're at the scammels lorry uh, lorry yard. My mate is um, he's got his flatmate had a bought a new Audi or not a, a second hand Audi, and he was doing it up. He put a nice new stainless steel exhaust on, mm-hmm. and there was a little rattle on the car, and he couldn't get to the bottom of the rattle. So my mate Brian he turned around. He said, "Look, bring it up, up after work." Bring it up to Scammels, I'll have a look at it, and we see if we can't get to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. So the appointed hour comes, the car gets taken up to the car park at Scammels, and Brian decides he's going to drive it around the car park to see if he can locate the rattle. Mm-hmm. Now, there's two points here that will be the sort of salient to the story. Mm-hmm. Number one, Brian at the time didn't have a driving, driving license, he was a cyclist. Okay. And number two, <laughs> anyone who lived in the Watford area would be familiar with the Scammel lorries at that time, before they were fully assembled, they were test-driven as a chassis and a seat by a bloke who looked very similar to Roy Chubby Brown. This is he the, the this, helmet and the goggles on. This, this, is, this is rich pickings indeed. Go on. Right, so he's driving, the car park, he's driving around the car park. The first circuit's completed, no problem. Embarks on the second circuit, and this is where it all starts to go a bit wrong. A lorry pulls in with Chubby Brown at the helm, takes my mate by surprise. Mm-hmm. The only course of action he could take was to swerve out the lorry's way, which sent him out of the car park onto the road. <laughs> now, in doing that, he's clipped the wing of the car, the driver's side wing, on the gate, the big metal gate of Scammels, and he's out in the road. So he's this now is, in a one-way street. This is, a fel- this is the fella who's the cyclist and not got a driving licence, yeah? Having no driving licence, he's hopeless. <laughs> Times of driving in those days, he was, he was diabolical. But anyway, here he is now, 
on a one-way street, can't stop, he's clipped the wing of his mate's car, and as he's got going to get out of the traffic way, the wing very slowly folds out sideways on the front of the vehicle. He proceeds down the road, hitting numerous vehicles as the wing's flapping backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, hitting nearly every car up the street. By now, he's in a state of panic. He doesn't know what to do. In a lucid moment, he realises that he's cycled up that road every day to work. There's a little lay-by at the top of the road that he's going to pull into and wait till everything calms down and come back and collect the vehicle. So he gets up to the lay-by and he's, he's <laughs> conscious of the fact that the wing now is at right angles. You can imagine that the yeah, wing's yeah. poking out the side of the car. He's trying to make sure that the wing is out of the way of the traffic. He pulls into the lay-by and forgets to keep an eye on the left-hand side of the vehicle. <laughs> he's tumbled over the side of the embankment adjacent to the lay-by and he's now careering down the side of an embankment. <laughs> Completely out of control. Now, he's going towards at the bottom of the embankment is a, is a traveller's camp with static caravans. Oh, he's, he's going straight for a caravan. There's nothing stopping him now at this stage. Just before he's hit the caravan, fortunately for him or, or, or the people in the caravan, he's hit a tree. Oh, and the car stopped dead. Obviously, yeah. it didn't stop him. He went straight through the windscreen. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do apologise. Now, he's, he's yeah. lying on the bonnet. The car is absolutely totaled. He's lying on the bonnet. His first reaction is to put his hands up to his face to see if there's any blood. He can't believe what's going on. He, he's, in the, he's in the Led Zeppelin state, dazed and confused. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. On the bonnet, doesn't know where he is. Checks his hands. There's no blood. He's just re- sort of gathering himself up, and he is, Hey, you! There's a gang of travellers come running out of the site. They must have thought he was on a mission to, I don't know, drive through one of the caravans or whatever. No. He scrambles out across the bonnet and he's had it away across a couple of fields and he's had to lay up under a hedge. He's had to lay up under a hedge until it got dark before he was safe for him to go home. Now, by the time he gets back to the flat, his flatmate who owns the vehicle, he's got the police in already, they're sitting there taking a statement. And they've cooked up a story about some bloke they've met in a pub who's tested in his vehicle and he's all gone horribly wrong. And the policeman's turned around to, to the boat who owns the car and he said, well, look, we haven't found the driver yet, but whoever's driving his vehicle, judging by the state of the car, he must be in a terrible state and the police are actually ringing around all the local hospitals. Hospital. Oh. Yeah. He went I through the windscreen, he went without a scratch, he went through the windscreen. Not, not a scratch on him, he was covered in mud and crap as long as he's had to hide out under a hedge till the evening. And the long and the short of it was, I mean, this is a good deed. All he got out of it, he salvaged the exhaust pipe off the car <laughs> and he managed to get 100 quid for that. And he had to work the whole of the summer, all his, all his days off on building sites, to pay the bloke a grand for his motor. Oh, oh. And, and that, my friend, uh, you've been sitting on that story and it's got riper oh. and riper but and now you've delivered it. Fantastic. Well, bless you. That was something. And I, I love the idea that he salvaged the exhaust pipe off of it at the end. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow. Oh, Mark. There's absolutely no point, perhaps, in even continuing the broadcast beyond that. That is exactly why we're here. That was an absolute beaut to sit back and luxuriate in. Uh, They don't all have to be... Of course they don't have to uh, reach such dynamics. But what a fantastic tale and beautifully told. Thank you very much indeed, my friend. Here's, this is from our friend Tim in France. OK, you know, he's always going to be after the Lord's Mayor's show, but <laughs> Tim, nothing ever gets thrown away. Uh, I've always been awestruck by the splendidly named 
Howard Espute. I don't know who he is. E-S-P-U-T-E. I've no idea how I heard of him. All I can remember is he's an American. Uh, and a friend of mine once said, you remind me of Howard Espute, the American. <laughs> Howard Espute. That really would bring a hush over the ballroom as the guests are announced, wouldn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, Howard Espute. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Tim. And he's sitting there sucking a thoughtful tooth. And he quite rightly assumed the treehouse would be uh, uh, interested in that. What you got there, Peps? Uh, this is John in Manchester, who, who's, again... <laughs> Sorry. He's got no interest in any of our subjects at all. <laughs> I've not just seen the next one for me. Go on. A walking game, he's suggesting. All right. Me and my wife have a game we play during walks, which involves signs. At some undetermined time, one of us will shout, Play! Then the first sign you see is the name of your rock band. Oh. The second sign you see is the title of your first album or single. Has he got a for instance? On a recent walk, my wife, my wife randomly shouted, play, and my new band is Children Die in Reservoirs. With our hit single, Bridal Way. That's a great game. That's a lovely Terrific game. Terrific game. I, we'll start the next show with this because we'll wind this one up now. Um... Uh, the other night I couldn't sleep and I'd read, I think it might have been one of your tweets and you try and alphabetize yes. your book choices. Yes. And so I have read a, a to Z. I, well, I the other night... You uh, tend to go to sleep about K if you're lucky. I, you know, I, I tried the other night. I thought I'd, I'd go through all, not my favourite films, but films I care for, A to Z. And it just made me more and more and more <laughs> awake. When I got to <laughs> F and I thought... What's, What's a film I like beginning with? I couldn't. Forrest think... Gump. Mm, I like Forrest See, Gump. That's the problem. It... I had to move on to books because I got the film so down pat. I can't even remember what I. Anyway, but I, I saw it in the, by the morning, which <laughs> seemed to take forever to arrive, but it did. And I wrote them all down. <laughs> and next time we'll start okay. with those. Uh, I also did a game in the week on Twitter of owing uh, anyone who's got a good back catalogue, allowing yourself just one track per album. So you get, you know, either in the Beatles albums or Pink Floyd's albums uh, or Bowie's albums, and you're only allowed one track off each. You've got to include all the albums, but just one track, certainly off the first 10 or something. Within we'll 10 minutes of doing my Beatles, as as seeing your tweet, I, I already was arguing with myself. No, you're not allowed singles or compilations or live albums. It's off, off their albums, and we'll get with that next time. But a moment ago, we mentioned Howard Aspute. Mm-hmm. And to wrap up today, which again, I can't thank you enough, and this huge bar we'll get around to. Uh, Alan from Kilmarnock, on the back of uh, Howard Aspute, says, uh, I used to go to a school with a lad who had the fantastic name of Fenton Gas. Oh! F-E-N-T-O-N-G-A-S. Mr and Mrs Gas, given of a son, called him Fenton. I know it sounds like a character from Viz, but Fence was one of the hardest, roughest fam- from one of the hardest, roughest families in town, uh, with whom the name Fenton would almost certainly not been associated normally. What was ever more ironic is Fenton and I had a teacher called Dr Stinglehammer. Who used to mock Fenton about his name? Stinglehammer! Doc, uh, uh, this is a, uh, an edition of Viz Waiting to Snart. That's Alan in Kilmarnock. Dr. Stinglehammer taught Fenton gas. Ladies and gentlemen, I think, I think in the in the last whatever it's been forty odd minutes, uh, the entertainment has been high as an elephant's eye, which only leads us, of course, to two, three, four. Climb up, come in, let's cozy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away in the treehouse. The fire's on, it's warm inside. We guarantee you'll be satisfied as we laugh the day away in the treehouse.
Take it away, Danny! Always do is be uh, on the other side of the table. Louise Pepper, of course, or Louise Pepper Napoleon, uh-huh. to give her a thank full you, name. Thank you, thank uh, you. Phil Wilding and Josh through the glass on behalf of something else. But as always, and particularly today, it is chiefly yourselves. Now go off with a tape measure and measure your collarbones uh, as the... T- <laughs> <laughs> 